Hello, and now a word from our sponsors. This episode of the Evil Ego Hour podcast is brought to you by Karen, the new scripted comedy series coming to ZBS this fall. From the creators of the hit TV series Black Tim comes the new hilarious scripted comedy, Karen. Um, no, I'm not going to mind my own business, sir, because you're illegally parked here. You do not belong here. And by here, I do mean this country. Your Thursday nights are about to get a lot more privileged. Hi, police. It's Karen. There's a little black girl out here selling candy, and I've asked her to show me her permit several times. Should I make a citizen's arrest? Watch every week as Karen calls the police on a group of minorities doing something completely normal. Um, No, I'm not going to move. Is this your house that you're standing in front of? Because it looks like private property, and I've never seen you in this neighborhood before. Will Karen shed her racist ways and eventually become an ally? Excuse me, this is not a quinceanera. Please speak English. Mm, probably not. All lives matter. Karen, the new comedy series coming to ZBS this fall. You know, I I can't even deal with this. I'm coming in hot today. Uh, coming in hot. For some reason, there's these motherless children all around New York that have decided, hey, you know what, we're going to get together and we're just going to blast fireworks from 9 p.m. to 2 in the morning. And I, 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 I can't for the life of me figure out why this is something that needs to happen. But hey, I'll, uh, I'll save my conspiracy theories for a later day because we came here to do something today. It's Evil Ego Hour podcast with host Cody Manawi. I'm your host, Knight, here again. Very, very happy and appreciative that you chose to have us in your ear canals again. I will not bore you with a bunch of hoopla. Uh, today, we uh, continue on the topic of cynicism. Uh, we talk about cynicism and optimism a little bit more. Speaking of coming in hot, Coast Kodum and Nawi completely flipped for this episode. This one, I'm going to be honest with you, a little spicy. <laughs> I don't know what happened to my co-host since the last episode, but yeah, he was not having it. So we, we talk about the concept of white guilt quite a bit. We talk about this new space that white people are in right now where they kind of have to deconstruct and reconfigure their own image of themselves and the way they see the world and the way they see people who aren't white. And that's the only way we can actually, I think, make any type of change is if we challenge that first, that deep bias, that subconscious bias that's within all of us. But we're talking about white people right now. They have to completely demolish that and build a new image. And that's hard. Most people don't want to do that. Uh, so they do other things and we talk about it. You know, I'm going to tell you, my co-hosts had me sounding like a straight up white apologist on this episode. And I assure you that I am not. I am definitely not. But I think I offered a little bit of balance. It was needed. So this episode still is about cynicism, but we uh, talk a little bit more about race. We don't normally talk about race this much, but I think it's just perfect to use race as the vehicle to talk about these things. So I want to get into it because it's honestly a great episode. Uh, As always, Mikile on the Beats, M-E-K-I-L-L-E. Look that guy up. He's amazing. If you are listening on iTunes and you're actually enjoying the show, try to leave us a little review. It helps. 
Uh, Larry the Cat says hi. He also says visit the website and leave any ideas in the idea box for you know future episodes. Other than that, uh, let's fucking begin the program. Let's go, boy. Thank you for this. Starting off the show with a little bit of white guilt. Hey, y'all just need to shut the fuck up. No, stop that cynical co-host Cody Manawi. Ah, shut the fuck up. I appreciate you, Whites, and I commend you for finally saying something after the sad- Saying all the wrong things. <laughs> just shut up. Just act. Just disappear. No, just act. How about that? I don't want to hear what you're sorry about. That's the thing. I just want you to act. I just want you to... I mean, it's a nice gesture. I really do think that is a nice gesture. We're not I, asking them to say sorry. I know, but it's just we weird. We know they don't mean it. They mean it a little bit. <laughs> I'm kind of sorry. They did not say it like that. He, they was convincing. He said, I'm, I'm tired of seeing blacks smothered and shot in the face in the streets. Didn't he? One of them. Tired <laughs> of seeing blacks slaughtered and gutted. I thought we talked about cynicism in the last episode. And last episode of what? Because what even is this? Because we didn't even fucking introduce what we're doing here, which I will do. Right now, what is this? It's <laughs> podcast with Coach Cody Manawi. I'm your host, Knight. Getting back to business in this second part of whatever this is about cynicism. It yeah, sounds we're, like we're, it's, we're, it's very cynical. We're coming back to cynicism, man. We're back on this. We're back on this. Yeah, I thought you. I thought we beat this in the first episode. No, no. I still have to talk about. I guess you never gave your antidote. I never gave my antidote to cynicism. I feel like. What made you start off with white guilt like that? That was because I don't want to hear it. I do not believe you. So you don't believe them. This is the be- core of the cynical thoughts that yeah, you were just, I just I arguing question, against. I question. All white people's intention whenever it comes to to blackness. Christ, what happened since the last week? You just now you're on now the tables have flipped. I was just laying out these uh these businesses last episode. What well, is yeah, it? Yeah, I, th- I just think for me, for me, for what? me, <laughs> and for like all my black brothers and sisters, um, you guys have proved for hundreds of years that you're not shit. <laughs> and what do you actually think? I no, I actually do believe that. 
Um, I'm tired of like the the. I don't believe white people because I cannot imagine. You're speaking very generally too. White people. Okay. People, continue. Pe- okay. White people who are overly apologetic. Yeah, yeah. See for racism, because one. This is just how my cynical point of view on this works. One, if you were racist, I don't think this is the straw that broke the camel's back um, on your racism. And you don't think this is the thing that finally shifted your point of view? Yeah, I doubt if anything this made you a little bit more enraged. Um, I'm just kind of going down the spectrum of how I see white people right now. Two, I like it. You got the people who are like, eh, I don't know. And I think they're just, you're still willfully choosing to look at the riots instead of the cause of them. So, fuck you. Well, whose fault is that completely just to play the advocate of the devil? Is that the, is that the media's fault as well? Because they are choosing well, to talk it more is about that? Par- it is partially the media's fault, but at the end of the day, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> got it. Got it. Um... Yeah, I'm not gonna. So you're not gonna account for your for your ignorance. I mean, yeah, you may just not be exposed to it. I am. I am very understanding of that, but I still don't have time for you. Okay, and you so. just may. You just may be left behind. I'm not going to break my back to educate so you. So are those the what? Which group of that people is that again? Those, those are the people who are like. Those are the people who are like on the edge. Like I don't know, but I don't think that you should be reacting that way. Okay. Like I don't. I don't think right, it's right, that right, right. bad. Like, there's those people. I don't give a fuck about them. And then there's, like... And then there's people who are, like, overly apologetic. And they're just like, oh, yeah, this is horrible. I feel so bad for black people. Oh, man, like, are you okay? Like, I can't believe there's been, like, graphics telling white people to check up on their black friends. Yeah. I do not want to It gets hear... a little quasi-racist when you get to that point. It's yeah, like... I'm just like, I don't want to hear you talk about how you're sad that... Your demographic of people hate me. Yeah, when does it when does the, when does the racism loop around like, like I don't, to be I don't care to hear that from you. I think I just need you. I think my favorite white people Okay, yeah. Uh, Talk about that a little I, bit. What do you what I think would my you favorite then? white people are just the white people who are going at white people. Mm, yeah, that is the best. Because and and oh, I guess this so is good. also like a cynical point of view, but white people have to realize that in order for this to stop, there is a sense or a trickle of self-destruction that has to come into it because they're destructing their own system. And their own image of themselves. Right. Their own image of themselves. Has to be dismantled. Has to be completely dismantled. Everything about the way that they think has to be dismantled and they have to completely reinvent themselves. And I don't think... Like, what should, should we actually start seasoning chicken? I don't... I don't understand. What is this world? <laughs> yeah, what do you think? I yeah, mean, and and I I don't think a lot of white people get that. I think they just see, and that's why I had tweeted about this shit. But like, I want to see who's really going to be the allies when it isn't convenient and when it isn't trending anymore. See, you bring up a really interesting point, and it's totally weird how the fucking shit just shifted from last week, and now you are cynical co-host Cody Manawi. But honestly, I like it, because you're actually raising a lot of interesting points mm-hmm. through your angry rant about white people. Um, the HR lady I was telling you about last about this last episode mm-hmm. was um, who, who decided, she decided to come and talk to all of the um, black people who work at my company about this situation and I and I actually pointed this out to her I was like it's even weird to 
it's even weird the fact that you had to come and talk to the specifically black people because this is, I mean, it's like almost you think that this situation affects just us. Like, talk to everybody about this. Raise awareness all around the board and know. I don't want to hear from my perceived um, higher up. They're like, oh, it's okay. The first thing that, I, like I said last episode, the first thing that I think always when I hear like that beginning clip is like, which each one, we've had enough. We will no longer stand for this. And I, my first thought is always, where were you? Hey, where were you? Hey, 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 where were you? Hey, you know, I'm always thinking that, but there has to be some type of movement for change. So if you don't like the way it looks, it's like, I mean, what else are they supposed to do? They're going to blunder in this, in this road to recovery or in this road to whatever this new thing that we're going to be is like yeah, they're not going to always get it right and it's so going you gotta... to look so bad for them like <laughs> they have to realize that it's going to look really shitty to be a white person for a long time in order for the the weights to be balanced because like and and i remember and oh, this shit made me so uncomfortable when it happened but i <laughs> i was I was getting headshots from a photographer and he was shooting me and he was just having a very casual conversation and he was talking about like finding work as a photographer, blah, 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 blah. And then he says to me, he said, yeah, like uh, I was up for this one job, but they decided to go with like, uh, they they had a very big push for POC girls. So they just decided to go with her and the photos came out shit. And I was just like, Hmm. Well, I mean, was he? Did he sound a little salty, a little sodium? He sounded a bit salty that a POC girl got an opportunity. I mean, was it just the fact that he didn't get the role though? That might have been why he was sodium. You don't know that. I mean, I think it was a combination because as did you a say cre- this black bitch got the role, like, he might it- as well have said that because <laughs> like I don't care that you didn't get this opportunity. Because they gave it to a black girl who really needed it. Like, you are afforded 10 times more opportunities, but Mm. in the moment, in the midst of opportunities shifting towards people who are disenfranchised, white people get upset and they're mad that, oh, damn, well, now I don't have anything. We're like, well, that was your whole MO, why you ended up taking everything like, away from yeah, everybody the reason, else. The reason why you had something is because we didn't. Sorry, you built it on our backs. You didn't do it. I know I know you specifically didn't do it, but just like we have to deal with our lineage and where we came from, you got to do the same. Sorry. And, but that's the thing. Some people's method of dealing with it is going and recording a black and white video, screaming into a camera that their black brothers are being slaughtered in the street. That's the best way they know how. I mean, and that's not what I want to hear. That's not what you want. And to I, hear. I don't even I want mean, to say that this is a cynical thought because I have reason for this general distrust of any white sympathy towards black people. I just I feel like there's reason there, and I don't. Even, I it's hard to call it cynical in itself, in my opinion, because it's not coming from just a general distrust. It's from a actual factual <laughs> proven di- over time proven over time <laughs> and repeated occurrence of events that shows i can't trust white people in general but that's the thing okay so you that would go to say that you haven't had a uh, 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 supportive good relationship with a white person because i know that i have that's the only reason like with each with 
I, I do want to stay away from generalizations, but at the same time, this does apply to them as a whole. So there are a few generalizations that I feel like are necessary to make. This is where they came from. When, when I, even when I say they, it's like white people are diverse in their nature. So it's like to even say, oh, well, white people are responsible. And he's like, I'm Scottish. And it was like, you're white. <laughs> it's like that's kind of what they they do to us in a sense. Where yeah, it's like, I mean, they, they, black. Have to, they have to also deal with that, though. That's on them to, to figure out within themselves. But at it's the end a of the day, it, yeah, it's a lot of work. It's fucking racism. I'm sorry that <laughs> you guys started this <laughs> game. Da, 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 and now da, da. you guys have to like have to contribute towards ending it. Like, fucking sorry. I mean, blame your fucking Scottish and Spanish uh, heritage. I don't know. Like, I don't know what you want me to do about it. I don't care, though. I don't care to to explain to them. I don't care to give them the benefit of the doubt. Yes, there are. I do have great white friends. I have white friends who are amazing. They know I love them. Right, so it's not about that. It's not right. about it's not fact. about it's not about offending individually. It's about what society has taught us about each other. It's the fact mm-hmm. that there is even we even have to have a conversation about our differences as being black and white. That's bigger than both of us. So it has nothing to do with any disdain for my individual relationships with white people. It's about what the system that they created has done to me and my people and how it has put them at such a high ground that I we are suffocated every day by this belief, not even belief, but this fact that we are disenfranchised. Yeah, whether it be an active thought in your mind, it doesn't even matter. It's so subconsciously buried into you that like it's going to reflect itself in some way. Exactly, and it creates like a cynicism amongst like I think mm. a lot of black people. I would call it black cynicism. That's interesting that you even say that 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 black cynicism. Now, is it a is it a belief that things aren't gonna get better? Like, I don't even know. That's interesting because there are black people that are like, I don't even know why y'all are even trying to fight for equality. What needs to happen is black empowerment, and it's like almost it goes the other way where it's like it should be black empowerment, and we actually should be higher than them. Like, like, what, what do you mean? Like, no, I feel like we should be privileged to certain things that they're not privileged to, to make up for the, and it's like, yeah, I guess, I guess that would make it so that it balances out. But can you see it on that scale? Because if you start thinking the things like that, then it gets really deep. It it's starts talking thing, about people's bloodlines. It, it's and, not, it's not even just that. It's also that you're literally doing what they did. So you're not any different. You're still infected by them because that's their way of thinking. But we also acknowledge that their way of thinking was flawed. So we don't want to adopt characteristics of their way of thinking. Exactly, exactly, exactly. But <laughs> to, to come back to black cynicism, like I think black people probably at large has a sense, black people at large have a sense of cynicism that is inherited throughout each generation due to our plight against white people. So cynicism, so overall, um, you question what cynicism towards the government, cynicism towards white people and as a whole, how would you feel just that? I mean, I think it's also in general, even possibly against each other. Like it, it, you probably see that a lot in like crab in the barrel situations. You see that mm. in the hood with people being put against each other. I mean, I'm not really want to be like black on black crime, but overall, when you are distraught you're chronically distraught 
you're living in poverty for generations of your family, then it shows in that way. So you just mean because black people have been, you know, historically, I guess, disenfranchised that of uh, you talk you want to talk about black on black crime, which I call the myth of black and black crime because yeah. it's just proximity, of course, as we yeah. should all know. But you mean because these black people have been put in the position where there so many of them are poor that crime is bound to happen and i guess gang members are like the ultimate cynics right like they it's like fuck it you were only well actually no because they do have a code they still have a, a, a honor by which they go by like yeah it's, but it's it's still at the end of the day between from i guess citizen or black person to much of society, um, I think a lot of us are inherently cynical because mm. we can't. We have we have been taught from a very young age and through each generation that we cannot trust society because society has disenfranchised us. Yeah, and this in society is this group of rules that we have to live by, and these social contracts that we constantly agree to. And none of them work for us. None yeah, of them none ever of them work, work out event. for us. <laughs> right. So it's it's inherent that we become cynical. And it's unfortunate because that blinds us from really finding other modes of being happy and being more optimistic and being more creative mm, with our lives. Because we have this fundamental distrust of the world. It's like you can't really progress out of that because that's always there. It's always underlying it's it's in the back of your thoughts and it and it limits the amount of probably critical thinking you can do and like the amount of like elevating you can do out of your own situation like you right. can't you really if you always think things are going to end bad is that you always have this still still a nigga we still a, yeah you still a nigga and i've heard people say that then what's you the still point? a nigga though then what's the point yeah what like what comes from that thought is you're going to think to yourself, what's the point of doing anything if I'm still going to be black, if they still going to treat me wrong? Mm. And so we were put in this mental environment that is impeding us from succeeding. So what do you think, and not even what do you think, because you actually, this was the cliffhanger from the last episode, and I want you to get into it right now since we went down the full rabbit hole of cynicism and you got me right back on my negative shit. I got my torch in my hand and I just bought an axe and I'm ready to find white people and show them what's what. What is the antidote? Uh, you might want to take that back before saying the FBI comes knocking down your door. Bill Gates is like, Bill Gates just right now. kicks through your door like, with, a, with, with, a a vi- with a syringe full of coronavirus. <laughs> coronavirus. What is the antidote? <laughs> the antidote? What's the antidote to cynicism? Please. The, from, I guess, my research and my studies, it takes a lot of practice of appreciating what you do have appreciating mm, appreciation yeah appreciation of what you have appreciation for uh the things around you really a a general and, and, and it takes a lot of work because like i said this is generational trauma this is a generational mindset mm, that and a been. cynic would see that as contentment he would see that as oh you you're appreciating what what did you what do you have you have nothing Right, and you're saying, "Oh, what's the point? I have not. There's nothing to appreciate. Why am I lying to myself?" Mm-hmm. And and how do you override that? Because you're not happy. 
And there comes a breaking point where you decide, I'm not happy. Most people aren't cynical enough to be happy. Right. And nobody, and very few people can be cynical enough to be happy. And so it takes you realizing that this way of thinking does not get me anywhere. And you have to start practicing gratitude for what you do have, for the opportunities that you do have. Um, and it's a very simple practice, but they say the simplest things are normally the hardest. But if you can take the chance to appreciate the opportunities that you do have, appreciate the people around you, the community that you have, then there's an opportunity for you to dissolve the cynicism that you inherit and to create new opportunities for the future. And not even, and, and that was beautifully said. God damn it. Am I, am I horny? I don't know what these feelings are. That was amazing. And I, and I think that's important that you said all of that because it's like, you, it's all about balance. The cynicism and is the questioning really, right? It's the questioning, well, are you are do you know what you know? Are you actually in a good as uh, as good of a position as you think that you are? It's important to do. It's the beginning, but there always has to be an appreciation, which is the balance of what you do have, so so that you can actually reach a point of happiness. And I feel like when you're happy, you are hopefully seeing things on more even ground. So you see the whole picture of things the more and more you start to like rationalize these feelings you know that these you know that these cynical feelings that you have are valid parts of them are valid but also the appreciation that you have for what you are currently experiencing is also valid right right and i think i think it paints the full picture when you add gratitude into your cynicism that life is more than just what's wrong and people are more than just what you assume about them. Mm. And life is and life and society is more than what you assume about it. Mm. Now, specifically with black people, we have a very interesting yeah. situation. And that's why I say I don't know if it's really cynicism yeah, because we have reason for this distrust. But at the same time, it's not helpful for us to generally have this like outward distrust for other people in general or even white people in in the government and society when we can practice gratitude for what we have and it doesn't mean don't fight that's what i was going to say it doesn't mean not to fight because we know or at least we think we know and if we don't know we should be really focusing on what do we want out of this situation it's not people people are talking about reparations people are talking about all different types of stuff but you got to focus on what you want out of this situation for one, and also what do you have? The appreciation for the things that you have and the fucked up, fucked up nature of how you got it, but also appreciating the fact that you got it and that the people before you um, found, like they were, they, it was, well, it wasn't for no reason. You just have to focus on making sure that it wasn't for no reason. Right, 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 right. Motherfucker. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, like, honestly, like, that's how I feel about it. If you, it's not about being cynical. It's about 
the shit happened, everything happened, you have to focus on it not happening in vain. Are you going to move towards positivity or are you just going to bum everybody out by telling everybody, well, you, you, but you still a nigga, though. You still a nigga. That's why I'm out here jacking off in the street to show y'all that y'all always going to be niggas and it don't really matter. Um, I, I, I agree. I think um, just like you said, it takes... And it's not really a forced optimism. It's not... You don't have to lie to yourself. You just... You just have to paint the full picture. Paint the full, yeah. Paint the picture. Paint the full picture. Can I talk to you about something before we get out of here? What's that? Another amazing episode because we've been talking, going, we've been talking about cynicism a lot. And from my understanding of so far, what we talked about it, it's kind of like it does lean towards a pessimistic kind of negative side. But I feel like the root of it is that there is no good, there is no bad. It's just like intention. It's just like. And the intention a lot of time leads towards something negative, right? Now, it's weird because I've been, I was learning a little bit about stoicism and what the technical definition of it is, which I will bring up right now so we can get your pretty ass to read that real quick <laughs> if you're ready. Um, but I feel like from my understanding of what stoicism is, they're kind of born out of the same thing and they take two different routes it's two different modes of thinking right you know a little bit about stoicism right? yeah i mean what i learned through studying cynicism was that stoicism was born out of it mm. 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 all right give me that give me that definition give me that proper oxford definition please of, of stoicism the before we get into this definition brought to you by google is the endurance of pain or hardship without the display of feelings and without complaint we also have a school that taught virtue the highest good is based on knowledge the wise live in harmony with the divine reason that governs nature and are indifferent to the vicissitudes of fortune and to pleasure and pain Hmm. So what I was really realizing, and it actually makes a lot more sense when you say that stoicism was built out of the concept of cynicism, because I saw that they both kind of have this detachment, this kind of general detachment from the thoughts and the, and the feelings and like the reality of the situation. But through that detachment, Cynicism kind of goes in the way of because none of this is truly like real or none of this truly like everybody is speaking for their own personal self interests. So everything is negative. Everything is bad. We don't necessarily even need to engage with reality. Maybe because, we should ridicule it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should talk a little shit too while we're at it. Mm -hmm. And stoicism takes kind of those same bases where. These things are happening independent of you. You cannot control everything. But stoicism takes in a way where there's a focus on self-mastery. It's since you cannot control these events, it's not fuck everything, let's ridicule everybody. It's more so let me focus on what I can do in order to push things in a more positive direction, focusing on uh, self-mastery. And I want to talk about the virtues of uh Stoicism, the they're the cardinal traits of Stoicism was what they it's, call them. It's four of them, right? I believe so. They're they're it's kind of weird, like, um, but the basics of the virtues goes as follows: 
prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance. Prudence, justice, fortitude, and... Yeah, and temperance, which is also known as wisdom, morality, courage, and moderation, right? Hmm. Which are the thing... It kind of sounds like the ideal person. If you focus on these traits, you will... Save, live, I think you'll save yourself. Hmm. You'll save yourself. Yeah. And that's the key to things moving in a positive direction. It starts with the individual, right? Yeah. I I, I believe it definitely starts um at home and in your head. That's where all the change starts. The first hermetic principle, and I probably brought this up like through three or four other episodes, but the first one is that the universe is mental. And so, really, what I was mm-hmm. to say is the universe is in the mind's in your eye. Head. Yeah, yeah, it's all in it's all what in you head, see. Bro. And so, in order for there to be a new universe, in order for you to see something different, you have to change how you see things. Mm, and that's kind of like what we're talking about with these white people. You have to modify the way that you've seen the world up to this point. It's going to be hard, mm-hmm. and there's going to be a death of the old you. And mm-hmm. that sounds crazy, but it's going to be that intense. There's, It's a grand rethinking of things that we require and during these times. But if we move towards these things like self-mastery, self-discipline, being the best you you can be, it says the good things include cardinal virtues, of wisdom, justice, courage, and self-discipline, right? So mm-hmm. trying to, and I, I feel like these people who are, these, you know, these white people who are recording these videos, I don't, I just don't know if there are any that are present. They're probably It doesn't matter though, right? You're right here with us. They're, well, they're listening. But um, if, you know, the, these people who are recording these videos, who screaming into the camera, enough police violence, we must murder Every policeman, I feel like they mean well, or maybe they're trying to act out on some of these virtues if they truly do mean it. These, uh, um, vir- the virtue of justice. You know, you want to see things be fair, d- to have the courage to speak up. You know, these are what sto- people who practice stoicism. These are the values that they that they hold and that they cherish. And I feel like. I've, I, you know what? I feel like I'm trapped in between. I feel like I'm trapped in between mm. a stoic and a cynic because I have these cynical thoughts. I have mastered certain parts of myself, but mm-hmm. self, a part of self-mastery is that it's never really over. So right. like, it's always going to be a question. Yeah, but I think that what separates you and well, what separates a stoic and a cynic is... A, a stoic stays within what's going on. And I think a cynic detaches or rejects what's going on. A stoic really doesn't state how they feel about what's but going that, on. But even that is detached, though, because you're, 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 you're not acknowledging your emotion. You're detaching from it, but it's a light level of detachment. It's a healthy yeah. level of detachment. And I, but I think cynics, they're still, well, technically, they're still attached because they're rejecting it. So you have to be attached to something in order to reject it, yeah. Yeah, you have to feel some type of way about it. You have to somehow yeah. have a relationship. As with much it. as that's why it's a defense a defense mechanism because you're trying so hard to not care about something, bro. Like you're just chasing, you're not fooling you're anybody. Just, you're running away from your own tail. Yeah, you're Yeah, you you're you're running away from your fucking pain, bro. Like, yeah, yeah. and it's right. It's like it's fear running away from fear. It's having a fear of fear, which is just like you're still in fear. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so it's like there's no way away from it. That's why it's aimless. That's why it doesn't. That's why it rarely gets anywhere unless you become Diogenes and you're a, a, a homeless, winking, street shitting <laughs> asshole. Um, then you, it's, you're not really getting anywhere with your with your cynicism. Yeah. So. Did we uncode? Did we did we unlock the code to um unlock you know being better people somewhere in there? Did we did yeah, we talk I mean, about we, we, the yeah, antidote we, to cynicism? Yes, did we, we talked that? about gratitude. We talked about okay, appreciation yeah, right, for good. what's going on. And if anything, you can transfer your cynicism into stoicism and become a better person in yeah. yourself. I really do want to help with this podcast. I don't want to talk shit. I guess that's what separates me from a cynic. Huh. Hmm. Interesting. Wow. Um, wow. What that was are good. some? That was really good. You want me to end on it? Yeah. I just wanted to ask, just real quick, like keep going because since we, I mean, this is borderline sexual. You can back up from the mic. Sorry. You can also like unlick your lips too. Like chill out with that. How do you unlick? <laughs> I need your lips to be drier pronto. All right. I just do want to talk about. <laughs> He's like furiously rubbing his face. Um. Real quick. Um, because we did talk about cynicism and it, how is like it's the beginning of your questioning of reality. Some people let it devolve into pure madness where you're jacking off in the street, or you um, just you have a light level of cynicism and you just go through the world with that. But um, how do you how do you avoid just um, blindly following the status quo? Then, if you don't want to be a, a a cynical person. You know what I mean? Like you have to question reality up to a certain point. Like what's the cutoff? I mean, I I think it all goes into which thoughts you're entertaining the most. Mm. Because like I said, thoughts become an attitude. And so I think having one or two cynical thoughts isn't going to kill you. But if you're consistently having cynical thoughts, if you aren't paying attention to the fact that you are creating this amassment of thoughts, this attitude um, towards life, then you won't realize that your actions are now being, Mm. you know, they're now being tailored towards this towards this attitude. So Mm -hmm. watch your thoughts um, and and try to monitor how cynical you're being and to counter it and to say, you know what? I'm going to be grateful or know what I'm going to appreciate or I'm going to have a more hopeful attitude um, instead of the cynical one because the cynical one isn't serving me or society at large. Right. So it is, that, that, that kind of does require a healthy level of detachment because that's what mindfulness is. What you're describing is just trying to be overall more mindful of your thoughts so you can know which ones are bullshit and which ones are actually relevant. Yeah, I wonder like what it must feel like to be a cynic I don't even know if a cynic would have finished this episode. Hell no, because they're like, what's the point? You're still a nigga. <laughs> You're still a nigga doing a podcast. It's a nigga in the Bronx doing a podcast. What are you? You what might as well you? go outside, take the D train down to Broadway Lafayette, and then walk a few miles up to Union Square and go jerk off and dance naked <laughs> with that one crazy fuck. <laughs> Still a nigga in the still, pod- a nigga. Still, still a nigga in the Bronx doing a podcast. Probably the only niggas in the Bronx doing a podcast right now. I'd Pro- go ahead and say. Uh, no, Maybe. No. You think so? The Bronx is pretty lit, bro. I mean, it's not lit. I'm just saying, like, I mean, this nigga's you know, potting. Who else is having a good ass conversation like this? 
Let's now get that, it. Now that I know. This has been the Evil Ego Hour podcast with co-host Cody Manawi. Please do all the things that co-host Cody Manawi is about to uh, go on a spiel about. Listen. Listen. Co-host Cody Manawi wants you to... Like, comment, and subscribe. Follow us on all of our platforms. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Do that shit, man. It's about to get lit. At Evil Ego Hour. Also... Type in Evil Eagle Hour into your Safari app, into your Google Chrome, into your Firefox, See where into that your Brave. You. Make sure you go on our website, check out, sign up for the newsletter, and just just maybe chat with us. I don't know. Hey, do whatever man. the fuck you All want. Right. Make sure you sign up for that newsletter. Please, though. please do that, that. I need that fucking data. <laughs> I need that data. Dana. I need that data. All right, my cynical black folk and my white folk that just, I know you mean well. Every cop must be executed in front of their firstborn child and raped in front of their mothers. Let me go. Wait, hold on. I don't need you to record this video. Just donate. Just donate. Why why, did you take the time to edit it and then put it in black and white? Was this a part of your marketing scheme? It might have been. I'm tired of these white tears. Listen. These white tears in my face are starting to burn. We're going to end this episode before you incite another riot. Uh, and we're going to get up out of here, but a lovely talk, conversation calls Cody Manawi. Uh, stay tuned for all the extra ads and the promos and all of that shit. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Peace. Peace and love. And last but certainly not least, this episode of the Evil Ego Hour podcast is brought to you by Balance, the newest single by musical artist and host of the Evil Ego Hour, Dot Night. Find this banger on all streaming platforms. I just gotta find balance. Yeah. Balance. Hey. Balance. Hey. Yeah. You got it. Watch me on that swing. Get my shit together. Yeah. Balance. Hey. Balance. Uh-huh. Yeah. Balance. Uh-huh. Hey. Yeah. And I've been feeling this feeling ever since Josephine died.